Good morning, All Shores. Welcome. Would you stand with us and join us in singing?
declare this over your life.
God, we are thankful that you are a father who runs after us. God, uh, it's not what we do, but it's just who we are. God, we are your children, and how dearly you love us. And so, God, we declare that fear cannot rest in our hearts because, God, that's the place you dwell. We put our trust in you today, Jesus. When I feel the fear come, this over our lives. When the rain fell, when the floods came, when the wind blew, I was okay. You were right there. You're in every step I take. When the night falls, when my heart aches, if I stumble, I will not break. You'll be right there. You're in every step I take. Shepherd, you're my keeper, my provider, my protector. He's surrounded. You're in every step I take. 
desires nothing more than your heart being open before him because it's not a storm it's not a wind it's not a wave it's just a whisper and you know why God whispers it's just because he's close to you and so I don't know where you are today I don't know what you're dealing with I know for me personally I've got some stuff that are that's weighing on my heart today some things that I just need to pray and ask God to meet me in but if you're in that place to be encouraged because you are not alone. First of all, we are gathered together in this place. So you've got your brothers and sisters right next to you. But more importantly, God is here too. And he wants to meet with you. And so we're going to sing this song again. We're going to go back. And I just want to encourage you during this time, even if it's difficult, speak these words out because there's power in declaring truth. And the truth is that God walks with us in the mountain and in the valley. So let's sing this together and let's just invite God's spirit to meet us here today and to do what he wants to. Let's sing this together. Oh God, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for your goodness. never leave or forsake us as even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, church, cry out to him today. Speak these words. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that I hope you feel that no matter how you feel God doesn't change he is with you yesterday today and tomorrow he is unchanging and we just seek him because he just wants to be with us you know even this week I've spent time with people who have suddenly lost loved ones who have had to go to the hospital who have strained relationships I've seen those who have seen prayers answered and God is with them all in the midst of it you know, it's been said that if something is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. So we're just going to seek God together right now. And you know, if you're carrying some burden, whether it's big or small this morning, whether you are online or right here in the room, I just invite you to have a seat. It's a way of just kind of humbling ourselves before God, saying, I belong to you, Jesus. I need you to move in my life. So that's you. I just invite you to have a seat. Some people will come around and lie to you and just put their hand on their shoulder possibly. And just a reminder that, Jesus is with you, but your church family is too. Let's pray. I just thank you for that truth that we do belong to you, Jesus, that you love us so much that you just want to be with us. But the truth is that the scriptures tell us that the the gates of heaven are open to us, that the the throne room of grace is available, that God, you just want to be with your kids and just sit with us and love us. And when we sit with you and be with you, God, that we become more like you. We become more loving and kind and gracious. God, we become ambassadors in our family and our community. And I know that's what you want, Lord, that we become more and more like you. And yet each one of these situations, Lord, that are represented here and throughout the room, throughout the country, throughout our state and cities, God, I just ask that you move. Whether there's physical healing that needs to happen, whether our relationships 
that need to be restored in families and marriages and even workplaces, God. We just ask that you move, that you move in our hearts, that we hear your voice and we listen to you and we respond to you. Can we pray those things in the mighty name of Jesus because we belong to him. And we pray not only for our own needs, God, but we pray for the, the needs of our community and the churches in our community. And we pray for Gateway Church this morning. And God, I ask that you just bless them and lead them as they are living out the mission that you are calling them to as just that we're on the same mission of just reaching people for you, Lord. And we pray for our missionaries around the world and specifically for the McFredericks as they serve in the Czech. And we pray for their daughter who is gonna be attending college in the States this year. And we pray for that transition, God, that you would go before her, that you would open up the door for friendships and relationships and provision, and she would be reminded that she belongs to you. Father, we just pray these things all in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, you could be seated. Well, it's so great to see you today. I just want to welcome you to All Shore. So glad that you are with us this morning, whether you are joining us online from someplace in the Michigan or the United States, or you're right here in the room with us. I am glad that you are here and connecting with God and connecting with your church family. Man, we love to connect with you. And the best way that we can do that is really through our connection card. And if you're here in the room, there's a QR code in front of you. You can just open up your camera on your phone at any time, point it at that, and it takes you to our digital connection card where we can kind of connect with you and help you take steps of faith. If you are online, there's a link that you can click on there too that we can connect. You can put your prayer request on there, but we just love to connect with you. You see, when we connect with each other, it's how we care for each other. It's how we love each other. And here at Alshers, we are really building this culture of care where we just love and care for each other. And when we, we build this culture of care, it means that we are living out the words of Jesus where he said that we're not to look to only to our interests, our own interests, but also to the interests of others, that we're to value others above ourselves, And that can be really hard. That means we have to think about other people, that we have to look at their lives and the, the people that we go to church with and our family and our neighbors, and we have to see what's going on in their lives, and we have to stop and pray with them. When we hear that they're sick, we might take them a meal. We follow up with them. We care for them because we love them, and it's a way we demonstrate God's love. We do that really practically, and we're building a really great care ministry here at Churchman, and I would love to invite you to hear more about that and to be a part of it. We've got a great team that is uh, serving, just bringing meals to people who are sick, and we need to add a bunch more people to that team. We've got people that send cards and just use their practical gifts, whether it's mowing a lawn or raking leaves or someone that are helping care for people in that way too. And there's just so many ways that you can do it. You might just wanna pray for people or follow up with them. But if you are interested in that, on that connection card, remember that great connection card, it's how we connect and grow and take steps, that there's a place on there you can find out more about ministries. And if you click the care ministry, I will follow up with you. Or you can also go to allshores.org slash care and hear more about the ministry. But I would love for you to help us continue to build this culture of care that we are building at All Shores. Well, this week I got to spend some time outdoors. It was a great week to be in Grand Haven and Spring Lake. And you know, I got to go out on a boat yesterday, which I don't often do. And I was just amazed as I looked around the area and just reminded of how awesome our God is. Like his uh, creativity and what we've created and the place I get to live and work and play. And I was just reminded of going, man, we had a generous God we have that I get to be a part of this. And we say in our church that we're radically loving. So part of that means that we are radically loving because we are radically generous. So each week we, we receive God's tithes and our offerings because we want to be radically generous people in our community and in our church. And we invite you to be a part of that. We can only do it because 
you are radically generous. So if you came prepared to give today, we just truly want you to do it as an act of worship, knowing that we are partnering with God and what he is doing in our community. There's offering boxes on the way out. There's ways to give online behind me and on the screens online. And I just want to thank you for doing that so we truly can be God's people in our community. Now turn your attention to the screen for more information about what's going on here. Well, happy Sunday. So excited that we all get to be together. I want to give a big shout out to our Coopersville campus, our Muskegon campus, everybody who's watching online, everyone who's here in Spring Lake. So excited that we get to spend a part of the weekend together. I, last month, I got to go hang out at our Coopersville campus, at our Muskegon campus. And man, I just want to let you know, God is doing amazing things in all three of our locations. So excited for our church family all over this area. Um, Our campus pastors and their teams are just doing a fabulous job. I'm I'm so excited um, for this past week. We have come through a crazy week. This area, we have made it almost through Coast Guard. Man, I don't know what happened. It felt like there were more people at Coast Guard this year than ever before, more cars, more traffic. Um, our family joined in with some of the Coast Guard fun. Um, man, I'm so, we, and this is, I know you don't want me to say this. I know you don't need me to say this, but the school year's coming, okay? Summer is winding down. And the reason that I know that is because our family yesterday, we, we did, we took part in what I think is the best kept secret in West Michigan, which is Michigan Adventures, everybody. Two parks for the price of one. Come on, it does not get better than that. And we have a family rule. 
for Michigan Adventures. If it's in the 70s, we won't go. If it's in the 80s, we will not go. If it's in the 90s, okay, we load everybody up in the car and we go to Michigan Adventures when it is the hottest and then we ration food and we ration water just to see what happens, okay? (laughs) So we literally, most of our time at Michigan Adventures yesterday was just floating in the lazy river. Like that's all we could do. But it was packed. Everyone, I've never seen that entire parking lot full. The parking lot was full because all of us are packing it in. August is, is this month where we try to fit in as many fun things as possible. Summer is coming to a close, and we get to kick off with a brand new series for the next four weeks, Finding Our Place in God's Family. Now, if you don't know, the most consistent way that God describes himself, really reveals himself in Scripture, is as a father of a large family in which all of us We're brothers and sisters in his family alongside Jesus, and he has a name for his family. He calls it the church. And church is not a place. Church is not a group of people who just slip in and slip out that we just gather here physically for a Sunday. No, church is a, it's a community. It's, it's a, it's a family. It's where we're known and get to know others. It's, it's a place where we get to come together. And so we're going to take a deeper look at that and why that matters these next four weeks. We'll be in the book of Ephesians. We'll actually be in the end of chapter two today. But before we dive into scripture, we pause at the beginning every week to recognize that the same God who inspired these words is the same God who's with us today. And that we don't just gather every week to talk about God or to try to get to know God at a distance. We believe that God is here with us, that he actually wants to speak to us, that, that he's not just someone who we have to aim to please by following all of his principles and rules. No, he's someone who we can get to know and have a relationship with that I, I believe that this isn't just one general message. I feel like God can, can really personalize it for what you need today. And so we pause just so that you can silently affirm that whatever God wants to say to you, that you actually want to hear it. And so let me give you a moment to do that, and then I'll pray for us. God, we do thank you that you are here and that your word is alive, that it's not dusty, that it's not um, something that doesn't apply to Sunday through Saturday, but that you actually want to speak life to us right now. And so I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that you would open up our hearts and our minds for the word that you have for us today. Would you give us wisdom and discernment to hear your voice? And would you give us the courage to ultimately act and follow you? It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And somebody said, amen Amen and amen. Well, to focus our time together, we're going to be trying to answer one question that comes out of the text. One question that comes out of Ephesians 2, here it is. What makes it so hard to be a part of the church? What makes it so hard to be a part of the church? Now, some of you, some of you are asking, is he allowed to ask that? I just want to let you know, they let me come up here a second time, everybody, okay? So (laughs) apparently I am, because let's just be honest, if any of us, 
are actually going to experience, actually enjoy finding our place in God's family, then we got to be real. We got to be real that there are some barriers that all of us experience first. And so we're going to be answering this question today. We're going to be jumping into Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Let me just give you a little context before we jump in. Paul, the apostle, a follower of Jesus, is writing this letter to a group of Christians near the ancient city of Ephesus. And what we think is that Paul didn't necessarily know these Christians personally. He knew some leaders in Ephesus personally, but this letter is kind of more of a general letter to Christians in that area. And Paul's writing this letter because he's heard some things. He's heard some good things and he's heard some not so good things. And he's writing to bring this group, these leaders, unity in the midst of their conflict to encourage them to lay down their frustrations, to link arms, and to walk together towards who God is calling them to be. So here's where we pick up. Ephesians 2, verses 19 and 20, here's where we'll start. This is what Paul writes. He says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens, members of God's household. Now, you might be picking up on this, but who Paul is writing to right now is not what we would consider church people. It's not people who have grown up in the church. They didn't memorize any verses for candy. They, they don't necessarily know the song. What Paul's trying to encourage them with is that they're, on the, they're the same status, they're the same level as God's people. And, and God's people would be, would be who they would know as the Jews, that the Jews were the ones who grew up in church. The Jews were the ones who, whose parents invested them into this. The group, of, the group of Christians that Paul's writing to are aren't Jewish. They're, they're still Christian, but they didn't necessarily grow up into the church. And I think it's so important to hear what Paul doesn't say to them. He doesn't say, hey, you better clean up your act or somebody's not going to let you lead a group. He doesn't say, hey, you need to clean up your past or no one's going to let you give someone a cup of coffee or open up a door for someone or help someone find a seat. No, what does he say? Paul says, I know all about your past life. I know what you've struggled to do. Maybe you still even struggle to do it. But guess what? Because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done on your behalf, church, you need to see yourself differently. I love the way Paul puts this. You're, you're not a foreigner. You're not a stranger. This is your family. This is your house too. What's Paul trying to say? It's the first thing that we can pull out of this passage. Remember this question that we're trying to answer. What makes it so hard to be a part of the church? Here it is. We don't truly believe that we belong. What makes it so hard? We don't truly believe that we belong. For so many, many of us at some level, why do we unconsciously stay at a distance? Nothing more than maybe a forced smile or a handshake on the way in, it's because we don't want people to get too close. Because if they did, if they could see the extent of my life, if they could hear my thoughts, you know what they would say? You don't belong here. And can I encourage you, church? Your past, even your present, has nothing to do with your belonging. 
that your belonging has already been purchased. I can show you the receipt. Your belongings based on Jesus, that he chose you while you were far off to be his, to be in relationship with him. And our role as brothers and sisters is to help each other, encourage each other. We all come as daughters and sons of grace. Who is the last person who straight up told you, you know what, you belong here? Because I think that phrase, that sentence should be said in every lobby, at every campus, every Sunday. Because if, tr- if it's not true in the church, where, where is it true? Paul continues in this next verse, verse 21. Here's what he continues to write. In Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord it's in Jesus the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. The, Paul has just finished explaining that Jesus himself is the cornerstone. He's the center. And, and in this metaphor, we're the building, we're the walls, that Jesus is at the center. And together we become a holy temple in the Lord, a.k.a. the place that God dwells, which means that God doesn't just dwell in me. He doesn't just dwell in you. He actually dwells in between us, in the sacred space between us that we create when we come together. Here's the problem. More often than not, we don't see, we can't see the space between us as sacred. You know why? You want to know the, the dirty little secret of most of us church people? It's the second thing we can pull out of this passage. Remember, we're trying to answer this question, what makes it so hard to be a part of the church? Here's the second thing that we see that we don't actually like the idea of being joined together. That we don't actually like the idea of being joined together. This is what, this is what makes it so hard, because for most of us at our core, we don't truly believe that we need each other. Wouldn't it be so much easier if you could just do this faith thing on your own? to not need anyone else's help, just to have a you and Jesus thing going on without engaging in anyone else's mess, probably more importantly, without anyone else engaging in your mess. Because let's be honest, we all have areas of our lives that are in disarray. Not one person at any of our campuses is living a perfect life. We're all broken, messed up, and in need of grace. And we all know that, but none of us want anyone else to see that. One of my favorite authors is a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German-born pastor and theologian during the rise of Adolf Hitler. And he was, he was an, uh, someone who stood up to the Nazi regime, and ultimately he was imprisoned and murdered because of his heroic stance against them. He was a man who, in the midst of his fight, in the midst of the horrors that his country was experiencing that he found deep meaning and purpose in the midst of Christian community. And I'm so taken by this next passage. It comes out of his spiritual classic life together that I just want to read you, read you a portion of it. This is what Bonhoeffer writes. He says, But God has put this word into the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men. When one person is stuck by the word, he speaks it to others. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again 
and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. I remember the last time that I preached, it was a month ago. And if you know anything about me, you might know a couple of things. One is that I love to preach. Not even just standing up on the stage, but from start to finish, I just love, I love, I love it. If you also know me, you know that every time I preach, I still deal with tons of anxiety. And most of the time, if life is, you know, kind of flat, I can kind of manage that process by myself. I can, I can kind of trust the process and get myself, you know, up on a stage and, and everything goes well. But last month, our family was just walking through some things. And it was just, it, it was just a different story. I remember the Wednesday before I preached in my office, I, was, I couldn't shake the state I was in. I was feeling so stretched, so overwhelmed, so beat up, so empty. It was, I, was, I think I was having a mild panic attack. Like, I literally cannot do this. And so I walked out of my office to go get another cup of coffee. I don't know why I thought caffeine would help me calm down, <laughs> but I did. And on my way to go get more coffee, I see Pastor Ralph. And some of you may not know Pastor Ralph. Pastor Ralph is on staff. He, he counsels people. He encourages people. He sits and walks with people. And Pastor Ralph and his amazing wife, Dee, have become very, very dear to, to my wife and I. They've been huge encouragers in our life. And Pastor Ralph and I, we lock eyes, and he does what so many of us do, what so many of you do. And he says, Evan, how's it going? And you do not have to live in West Michigan for very long to know the answer to that, okay? There's only one answer, right? Good, super good, really good. Like you can add whatever you want on the, on the other half of good, but, but that's really the only answer. We, we almost instinctively just keep people at a distance. And, nor, and normally that's what I do too, but not that day. That day I couldn't. And so I said, Pastor, I just told him the truth. I said, Pastor Ralph, I am, I am not doing good. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I'm feeling so anxious. Will you pray for me? Why do I tell you that story? I don't like that story. I wish that God could meet me, draw near to me, help me, and fix me without anyone else ever having to know. And so many of us have swallowed this lie that every gift that God gives comes directly from him to us. And I'm here to tell you this morning, church, it's just not true. Some of you are stuck. Can I encourage you? The word of Christ in your sister is strong. The word of Christ in your brother is strong. That sometimes God withholds and releases some of his best gifts to us, not all of them, but some of them, only in the presence of Christian community. 
that some of you, some of you have been waiting so long, you have been begging God to give you the one thing that you most desperately want that would change your situation, that would change your heart, that would change how you interact with God. You've been begging God to move. And can I just encourage you, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the best gifts that God wants to give you, he withholds and then releases only in the presence of Christian community. There's something about how God has designed us as his family, as his church, where we operate as vessels of the gospel for each other, that we need each other, that God has made us a prerequisite in each other's faith. We're one family, one body, connected on and into eternity. And so I walked into Pastor Ralph's office he sat me down, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he started to pray for me. And can I just tell you, church, there was nothing in that prayer that I didn't already know. There was nothing in that prayer that felt unique, and I can't even explain it to you, but while he was praying for me, something inside of me broke. Something over me broke, and by the time he finished that prayer and I walked out of his office, I was a different man. Because honestly, sometimes the word of Christ in me is weak. And I need my fellow sister, my fellow brother. Here's the last verse. Verse 22. Paul writes, In whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. In whom you also, you're, you're built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. And I love this idea of being a dwelling place for God. But if we were to do a survey at all of our campuses, an anonymous survey, here's what we would most likely see. For most of us, our experience does not line up with that verse. For most of us, our experience with God is only one way, from us to him that we've never experienced personally God speaking to us, whatever that means. That some of us, we don't even believe that's possible. You want to know why being a part of the church is so hard? Here's the last thing that we pull out of, out of this passage. Here it is. Because we don't know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with God. That for most of us, we don't know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with God. Is it any wonder why this church thing, this family thing, this community community thing is so hard because you and I are trying to do community without first being changed by Jesus. And you and I both know that the closer we get without Jesus, the closer we get, the harder it gets, that we're sensitive, we're hard-hearted, we're impatient, we're lazy, that being a part of the church is so hard because many of us are trying to do this thing called community all on our own. This whole time we've been trying to answer one question. Here's what it is. What makes it so hard to be a part of the church? Here's the answer we fall into. Why is it so hard? Because being a part of the church means stepping into the terrifying, messy, and time-consuming light of community. Being a part of the church means stepping into the terrifying, messy, and time-consuming light of community. And maybe that seems dramatic to you. Maybe that seems like an overstatement, but for some of you, some of you are terrified of real community. 
Maybe you've tried it once. Or maybe you've never had a healthy relationship or a healthy friendship where someone didn't end up using what you told them against you later. Maybe you've given up on being real and you've settled for being safe. Some of you are too afraid of what being a part of the church will cost you personally. Others of you, others of us just aren't about getting involved in other people's messes. Like life is going pretty well, you would feel like you're on a good track, headed a good place, and we just really don't feel like we need to meet with any other Jesus followers on a regular basis. We're just content with sitting back and following along. And others of us wouldn't even argue that community isn't important in God's family, but we just don't have the time. That our lives are filled with so many good things, work things, family things, leisure things, entertainment things, sports, whatever it is, that community doesn't seem like a worthwhile bet. It seems like a lot of time for a little bit of benefit, maybe. Can we just be honest? Can we just be honest that there are some very real barriers against us as we're trying to find our place in God's family? All of us are different, but the barriers that we face, they're the same. You might be saying, Evan, this is great and all, but what do I actually do? Let me just give you three of the simplest steps that I could think of. First one is this. Lead a group. For the people who struggle with feeling like they belong, they can try to convince themselves as much as possible, the positive self-talk, that you know what? No, I really do belong here, but you know what paves the way for it? Is other people telling them that they belong. And some of you have this idea of a group leader in your head that's just unrealistic, that they are super Christians or that they've memorized the whole Bible or that they know how to pray on command. Can I just encourage you, when when my wife and I came here three years ago, the first group that we ever led here at All Shores, we did not open up the Bible once that semester. And we did pray for the food in front of us, the delicious food in front of us to be applied to our very hungry bodies. But we just, we created a space for people to belong. And some of you, some of you aren't in a group, some of you, maybe you're already a part of an amazing group. But you might feel led, you might feel willing to step out and to create a place for other people to belong. Right now we have 39 groups who are registered for the fall semester, which is great. Can I just tell you, we've never had a semester here, ever, that every single person who's wanted to join a group can. But there's always been people left out. And we desperately need people to step up. And to, we, could, we have 39 groups. We could, we could have double that number. People step up and create spaces for other people to belong. First one's lead a group. Second one is this. Join a group. Some of you, up until this point, you've been unwilling to take the risk. Maybe it's because of time. Maybe it's because you're afraid. Maybe maybe it's because you just don't want to let people in. Can I just encourage you? You can do this fall all on your own. But I wouldn't want you to. That you're going to hit a point this fall where you need people. You need someone to lock arms with. You need the word of Christ in your sister or in your brother. 
And I just think it's a wise move to invest in that now, not after you need it. Some of you, we have our next group semester starts up the second Sunday in September. But some of you need to tell somebody today, you know what, I'm going to do that. Because you're going to need some accountability once we actually get to the middle of September for someone to encourage you to take the leap, to take the jump. Lead a group, join a group. The last one is this. Go through the journey. Now, I would bet for most of you, you don't have a good idea of what the journey is, which is okay. It's something we've started this year. It's really the heart of this series. The whole reason the journey exists is to help people find their place in God's family. That's it. And some of you would consider yourselves new. And this would be your first step into something in our church outside of Sundays. I just encourage you, do it. Some of you, you've been here a long time and you've had different relationships through the years. But as you're sitting here right now or as you're watching online, you would just say, you know what? I feel disconnected. I would just say, do it. Normally, the journey happens at Spring Lake the first four Sundays of every month. There are people who are meeting behind me going through step one right now. In Muskegon, they meet once a month. And in Coopersville, we're launching that in September, and they're going to meet once a month. But to make it as easy as possible, we know that just to reduce as many barriers as possible, at the end of the series, helping people find their place in, in God's family. At the end of the series, a major outplay of the series, we're going to have a one-night journey event at all campuses, same date, same time, Tuesday, August 30th from 6 to 8. And it doesn't go through the whole journey, but it goes through steps one and two. It combines steps one and two. And I would just encourage you, man, if you're wanting to take a step into God's family, I don't think there's a better step for you to take than this time, than this night but I don't know what your next step is. I really don't. But I know that God does. This is, this is what I believe about why we gather. It's not just to be together, but it's because I think God can speak uniquely when we're all together. And I think God has an opinion about how we spend our time this fall, about how we, what we choose to invest in. And I just think he wants to speak to you. And so and so I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to pray for us. I just want to create a moment that we could just stay in. And maybe you've never heard God speak. That's okay. I think he'd be in the majority. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to. And it may not sound like an audible voice. It may just feel like a nudge towards something that you would never want to do on your own. But you feel like God's asking you to be strong, to be courageous. God, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. You're not mad at them. You're not angry with them. You're not disappointed with them. You know how hard life is. You know the effect that sin has on us, on our relationships. You know that most of us, most of us, are trying to do life all on our own. That we don't know what it looks like to be a dwelling place for you for you to actually interact with us on a daily basis and to give us what we need. God, I just think there could be nothing more important than that changing. So God, I just pray that you would speak. Speak in a way that it'd be easy for every single person to understand. That they would feel you nudging them, that they would feel you directing them, that they, maybe they'd get a thought that 
didn't come from them, came from you. God, I just pray that you'd give people wisdom and discernment to hear your voice, maybe for the first time. And I pray that you'd give them courage to respond and obey it. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just, I think there are some of you who are here today, maybe you're watching online at one of our campuses, who you would, when you walk through the doors or when you flipped on the laptop, you would say, I don't know what it looks like to have a personal relationship with God. And I just, I would be honored to create space so that you could respond if you feel like he's drawing you towards that next step. And I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, but I do want to know who I'm praying for. And so if that's you today, if you'd say, man, I wanna start a relationship with Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a long time, will you just slip your hand up? I see you. Yes. If that's you today, just pray this prayer. Just say it in your own words. Say, Heavenly Father, I hear you calling to me. And I would love nothing more than to answer that call. I'm so sorry for going my own way, for insisting on living life in my own fashion. God, I just pray that you would renew me, that you would cleanse me, that you would set me free from my sin, and that you would make me new. Just asking for courage to respond to the call that you have on my life, to live a life worthy of the calling that I've received. I pray for all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. If that was you today, if you made that decision, can I just encourage you just to let us know that it's not just your journey all alone. We're here to do life together. And so just let us know on that connection card, there's a place, a box that you can check that says my decision today. I do want to invite you all just to stand. Every Sunday we come together and we celebrate what the church calls communion. And on your way in, you should have gotten a little, a little cup, some bread or a wafer and some juice. And if you didn't get one of those, I just encourage you just head out into the lobby. They, there's more available. But every, every week we come together and we recognize that on the most important night of Jesus's life, the most important night, right? The night that he was betrayed, the most important night of Jesus's life, where do we find him? It's in the presence of community that he chose to be with his followers, to be with his friends, that he needed them too. And we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take this, all of you. And so we do that together, church. In a similar way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood of a brand new covenant shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink of this, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we do that together as well. Stay standing and we will sing together about this good news.
come together strangers neighbors blood is one children generations of every nation of kingdom come but don't let your heart be trouble hold your head up high don't fear no evil fix your eyes on this one truth god is madly in love with you take courage hold on be strong remember where our help comes from Sing out his name together. Jesus, our redemption, our salvation is in his blood. Jesus, light of heaven, forever, his kingdom. Don't
His kingdom come. Come on, give Him praise if you believe that today. Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you, church. God has more for you than you're currently experiencing. And He wants to show it to you. Come back for all the next three weeks of this series. I, I'm believing it's going to bring us to an incredible place as a church. Would love for you to extend your hands. I would love to give you a blessing as we leave this place. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may he go with you. May his presence go before you. And may you know more than ever before that you are not alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. We love you, church. We'll see you Sunday.